Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Oh, yes, that is the Lori and Julia theme song that we all know and love. But I've been waiting all day to play this one. Sometimes it snows in April. Oh, oh Prince. Yeah. It seems Sometimes like it snows every April. Sorry, Prince. Yeah. My, if he was still around, maybe he'd change the lyrics. But yeah, another snowy April day. Yeah. And you know what, Racco? Yeah. My magnolia tree is blooming, so that is always a call to action for some snow to happen. Uh, do you remember? We talked about this a couple weeks ago. The week Prince died, all the trees in town turned purple. Purple. They all, the lacy trees. That was so pretty. It that was, was amazing. It my, does snow in April here, Racco. It Rocco. totally That's does. Perfect. And Lori's poor mate. Since you put that magnolia tree mm-hmm. in, uh-huh. honestly... Yep. I, I think Gertens delivered it. I remember, like the whole story about the tree. It was a big darn deal to get it because we where took it was out gonna, like a, a, we took out like a thirty foot old pine, pine tree. tree. And I remember this whole process, oh, and, and, and then every year, it every single year, and it, it, when it stops the real good blossoming from that magnolia. I might have to talk to you. I think my wife wants like some sort of magnolia. Oh, there you can get something. a winter hardy magnolia. Another one that is really. Pretty that I love that we planted at the same time was um, an apple blossom tree that's just the blossoms. Oh, neat. You know, and that's really pretty. Mm-hmm. So it's happening. Anyway, boy, did I get a lot of texts and yes. calls from people, people in, in other states, states saying, yep. What in the hell, Minnesota? Mm-hmm. And um, I might have been on Facebook or might have been Cousin Michael. He's like, you're going to have to refer to your state as the state formerly known as Minnesota. Mm-hmm. He said, you girls won't be yelling that from a red carpet. And I just said, it's a bigger problem than that. I it mean, is. It's just, it, yeah, it's very, it, it just so the so upsetting. The uh, Dante Wade's parents were on GMA this morning. Yes. And Robin Roberts is so good. I can't imagine what a difficult conversation and and for the parents they were you really just i mean you ended up crying along with them you really did you really did and um it's just a it's just a tragedy all the way around it really is we We, know the officer has resigned well the city council the brooklyn um brooklyn center the the city council voted to fire both the police officer and the chief of police and they both submitted resignations Um, and hoping, uh, you know, the mayor, he uh, was on Mayor Mike Elliott. He was, I think, on the Today Show, and they're hoping that that will bring calm to the community. And last night there really was 
you know, just there were protests, but it seemed to like by nine o'clock had dissipated. I was watching WCCO and uh, KSTP and going back and forth. And Max, Maxie, yeah, Mike Max, Mike Max, Mm -hmm. he had reported so much from the streets last May and June, and they sent him out, and it was there was nobody out, right? Uh, and he'd been to several locations, so so that so that's good. I mean, you know, mm, we don't... and and the governor talked today because the state fairgrounds, the vaccination site, opened up there today. Oh, it did. So he talked. That's about... why so many people are hearing from the state of Minnesota. Yeah, because I've heard from a couple of people, people who got their notification. Yes. So the Johnson and Johnson vaccine has just been suspended for a little while until mm-hmm. they figure some stuff out. Um, on just to be extra extra cautious, and people who had were scheduled for that have been rescheduled to get the other two. Mm-hmm. And um, they are also, he said that last night, you know, there was trouble. There was some looting going on, but it was seven cars that went from area to area and they were able to get and arrest these people who were doing the damage. Okay. With, you know, the state patrol, the police departments and some other things. So he felt really good about you know, it's a select, tiny few people that are just doing the yeah. hor- the looting part. And is there a curfew or not tonight? The, he no. said the individual cities okay. will decide, but as of right now, there isn't. I know the Twins uh, are playing right now. They had a game that started one. Rocco, what's the score? Because I know you know it. Uh, it is two to two. Uh-huh. Uh, they're playing in the snow. It looks kind of fun. And then the Timberwolves game that was supposed to be last night, I was uh, planning on going yes. to that game. That is, I think, about to tip off here at 3 o'clock and um, no fans in attendance. Okay. And then tomorrow the Twins are playing a doubleheader. And then I think back to the Twins home opener that we went with Dr. Crutchfield in the snow mm-hmm. at night. Remember oh, yeah. that? It was so fun. It was so fun. It was and so, so pretty. So pretty because literally in the dark skyline, there's this beautiful snow coming down. Everyone's freezing, but... We were in the Players Club, so we had blankets Champions and hot Club. chocolate. Was yeah, it? Nice. It was quite. It's called the Champions Club, and okay. they they come out with blankets and hot cocoa. It was really a lovely way. Spiked <laughs> hot chocolate. You know, when I when I was at the game Sunday, I saw a sign that said sweets are available right now. So that they might be a available. great way to check out a game this summer. Yeah, bring your family that you're bubbling with or whatever, yeah. and check out a Twins game. Well, I'm feeling like we don't need, need to. to uh, you don't, won't have to travel in your bubble if everyone is vaccinated. Yeah, go out group. and get that vax. Yeah. No kidding. And the Johnson & Johnson, I, I listened to Dr. Hashish Aja from Harvard yes. Medical School, who's been on the Today Show since all of this started. And he he's there's like six women out of six million shots right. in the U.S. had some like a clotting, clotting. thing or mm-hmm. something. So I hope they get that figured out because we have a lot of, uh, there was a lot of expectation for Johnson & Johnson mm-hmm. to cover the arms of the world. No kidding. I'm one so. of those people, but I'm not a woman. So. Right, and and you and had I know yours people, a couple but weeks I know ago. people who've got it. You yeah, know, like I we do said, too. there's six million, and there's a point zero 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 yeah, zero. Yeah. You know. Yeah, no, a friend it, of mine whose last name is Johnson got the Johnson <laughs> Johnson, and <laughs> which we like, which we like, and I was so I I was kind of jealous of people getting the one. And I know, I know it, but uh, I guess whatever one you're offered. But the, the anyway, there were just getting back to Dante right for a second. There were protests all over the country. Yeah, there were, and. And um, I heard um, Sunny Sunny Hofton Hoston on the View. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, she and Whoopi were talking about the fact that they both have Whoopi's got a grandson, Sunny's got a a son, and they both teenager. are teenage drivers, like mm-hmm. seventeen, look like Dante White, right. and how worried they are. And and uh, 
Whoopi asked Sonny, well, what, what could be done? And she said, well, there, the, the House passed last summer the George Floyd Justice and Policing Act of 2020, which the holdup is in the Senate. And she at said... At the Capitol, at the national level, or in the state of Minnesota? Uh, no, it's, it's okay. a national okay. bill named after George Floyd. Okay. But it would take away uh, qualified immunity from police... And ban chokehold holds, but what she was explaining is that qualified immunity is the thing that makes it very, 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 very Hard difficult to convict, to, to convict a, a police, police officer, officer of right. any any kind of right. misconduct. You know, and so it's just like sort of this blanket thing. And right. she said, if that was a consequence, maybe people wouldn't make a mistake and pull a a taser, taser instead of a gun of or right, whatever. Right, right. So. You could contact your senator if you're wondering what you could do. And um, I know um, uh, Barack Obama this morning tweeted, you know, how every he feels that everyone's hearts are heavy over another shooting of a black man. And he's like, it's just a reminder of how badly we need to reimagine policing and public safety in this country. Mm-hmm. So, so anyway, yeah, just... Uh, it feels very heavy in Minnesota. I'm just going to say it. Yeah, I, everyone I talk is. to is blue. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, I want to cry. I think everyone wants to cry because mm-hmm. t- it just feels like enough. And I think black, white, Asian, whatever you are, it's enough. Well, Everyone's imagine feeling being it. black. I can't imagine yeah. it, Lori. I can't imagine it. And I know if you're how two that, boys, and that makes me even sadder right. when you think about it that way. But I'm just saying from my perspective, everyone I know is yeah. so blue. Right. And our thoughts are with, you know, Dante's family. Mm-hmm. Um, Absolutely. Because it's just so sad. It really and is. so unnecessary. It so, is. Anyway, right. we have a funny, fun story that we can't get All enough right, of when we come it. back. We're talking about Bridget Jones. It is the 20th anniversary, if you can stand it, of when that movie came out. And that movie... I thought it was just the bomb. And it was based on a book by, um, it was, but actually it's kind of an interesting story. A la Sex in the City, how Candace Bushnell wrote a column for the New York Observer. Mm-hmm. So at the time, the Independent, which is a newspaper in London, asked um, Helen Fielding if she would write a column about herself and her single life in London. And um, she goes on to say, as much as I needed the money, uh, writing about myself seemed really embarrassing and revealing. So I offered to write an anonymous um, column instead using exaggerated comedic fictional character. And she thought no one would read it and she would be dropped after six weeks. Well, lo and behold, it was a big hit. She writes a book and the first book was Bridget Jones' Diary. So was what, her character was the person that she was writing about named Bridget Jones as a was that I think so and okay. I think so in the column. So um, here's who they declined the role: Tony Collette, if people remember her. Oh yeah, we remember. We she, know her. She's yes. amazing. Um, Kate Winslet was considered, but they decided she was too young, and and Tony Collette declined. She was up for it. She was on Broadway at the time, though, starring in The Wild Party. Don't even know the play. Um, Kate Winslet was very much considered by producer, but they thought they were too young. And then they ended up signing Renee Zellweger. And then Kate Blanchett. 
Was she, she up for it? Cameron Diaz, Nicole Kidman, Naomi Watts, and I, Catherine Zeta-Jones until they found out her age, her real age. Lori, you, Lori always has to get that in, Rocco. <sighs> Catherine Zeta-Jones is not 50, she's 60. She is. Okay, so Hugh Grant, who it stars Hugh Grant. Let me hold up my parade All magazine. Right, I'll see if I can got do the this show, show and tell. tell so while you're doing that, Hugh Grant only signed on. Um, and he was a big deal at the time because when they rewrote the script, Richard Curtis, he says, just get Richard to come in and rewrite the script. And so they did. And he signed on to that for Renee Zellweger to play the role. Lori's laughing at herself because she's trying to do show and tell in no, front of our cameras. No she's wonder off camera. I can't take a selfie. I don't know how to think backwards looking at a camera. There must be a trick. <laughs> this is why you're not good go at puzzles. To your right. Renee Zellweger gained right. 17 pounds. No, right. For the role. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> there you go. Um, and then she also, the book is, um, she works at a publishing company at the Times. And the publishing company is called, mm-hmm, Picador. And um, oh, Pic- she worked there for real to She worked there for real for three weeks to do research. And um, they gave her a fake name. No one knew who she was. She had to do things. But she um, was passed off as the sister of the chairman um, so they were just going to let her work there. And she had a picture of Jim Carrey on her desk at the time because she was dating him. Oh, that's they right. met in Nurse Betty or whatever mm-hmm. that was at the time. But um, Pimberly Press is the name of the um, publishing company. And they were also the publishing company that published Pride and Prejudice. Oh, and Mr. Darcy. Which, of course, Mark Bridget Darcy, Jones' diary yes. is basically... Kind of, kind of Pride and Prejudice, a modern interpretation mm-hmm. of Pride and Prejudice. Um, let's see. There is an epic fight scene in it with um, the two men vowing for her love, Hugh Grant and Mark Darcy. That wasn't chore- choreographed at all. They just did it. Yeah, and it they people I were just it. like so amazed. But when they went through the glass, they did have a body double do that. But the rest of it, they did Improvise. themselves and improvised. Salman Rushdie was in the film. That's right, and he was friends with Fleming. So, um, Fleming, uh, not Fleming. What's her name? Helen Fielding Fielding or Fleming, Helen Fielding. And so they asked him to be in it and he said he'd be in it. You got your poundage wrong. It's 25 pounds that Renee Zellweger packed on. Oh, they said 17 in mine. Depends on Wikipedia is not correct. I'm going with Renee Zellweger by quote. Okay. That's what she said was 25 pounds. She just ate and ate and ate. Cause we know how thin here. Now we have a little bit of, okay, let's listen. Okay, this is the scene at the beginning where um, she's at her mom's house for the turkey curry buffet. Yes, Mother, I do not need a blind date, particularly not with some verbally incontinent spinster who smokes like a chimney, drinks like a fish, and dresses like her mother. (laughs) Yummy. Turkey curry. My favorite. And that was it. Right there. Right there, that was the moment. I suddenly realized that unless something changed soon, I was going to live a life where my major... Hi, everybody. This is Adriana Trajani. I'm the host of You Are What You Read. I have the privilege of interviewing luminaries of our times about the books that shaped them from childhood until now. We get everybody from Sarah Jessica Parker to Kristen Hanna, Mitch Albom, Susie Essman, Craig Ferguson... Rain Wilson, Amor Tolls, you name it, they come, they share. New episodes of You Are What You Read drop every Tuesday on Apple, Spotify, or any major streaming platform wherever you listen to your podcasts.
I'm Bradley Trainer, And I'm Don McClain. We have a podcast called Blinded by the Item. A blind item is gossip about a celebrity with their name left out. It's a guessing game, and you can play along. The item might be like, this A-list star carries a Birkin bag worth more than the average person's house to the gym to work out. Pretty sure that's J-Lo. And P.S. The person behind all of this is Chris Jenner, LLC. We drop a new episode every weekday so the fun never ends. Blinded by the Item. Listen wherever you get podcasts and watch us on the Blinded by the Item YouTube channel. The relationship was with a bottle of wine. And I'd finally die fat and alone and be found three weeks later, half eaten by wild dogs. Or I was about to turn into Glenn Close and Fatal Attraction. I've seen this movie so, so many times. And even though Bridget Jones, I read two bugged us because she was so greasy and dirty. I still love it. And Bridget Jones three with the baby, which a lot of people didn't see. I didn't. Um, Oh, Lori, it's so good with Patrick Dempsey. It's so. Oh, good. yes, I did see it's that. It's so I did. good. It just wasn't really memorable. You know, I've watched it again. Okay, that's I mean, why it's memorable. I, because in the soundtrack for this, now here's here was kind of one of the classic scenes when she was getting it on with Hugh Grant the very first time. Now these are very silly little boots, Joan. This is a very silly little dress. And um, these are me absolutely enormous pants. No, no, don't apologize. I like them. Hello, mummy. <laughs> granny panties on, remember? Right. Hello, mommy. He was, he's so just. Listen, that's, a, that's a very real thing. Like, oh God, I've got the wrong underwear on. Uh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Like if you get gonna... your granny panties or your period <laughs> panties or whatever. Wasn't you know? expecting it today, panties. Right, right. And I guess uh, I remember when uh, Hugh Grant was making the rounds for interviews for, um, what was that movie that he was in? The, the recent one? Yeah, the recent one, The Undoing. The Undoing, the Undoing. TV show. And he talked about, you know, he and um, Renee Zellweger are still friends, but about how skeptical he was that a Texan could play this British uh, woman. And he said that the first week, her first attempt, she sounded like, he described it as Princess Margaret having a stroke. But within a week, and maybe working at this public, she'd picked it up and you couldn't you couldn't tell the difference. She was... She was that good uh, at it. And then um, she, the fictional Bridget Jones character, made such an impact on pop culture in 2016. The BBC named Bridget Jones one of the most influential women of the last 70 years. Seriously? Seriously. Oh, gosh. You know, when I think when this movie came out, so it would be 2001, we didn't work here yet. No, nope. we had developed our nipples though. We were doing that we business. Did. Yep. Um, we were selling those. And I was we were... working at Sun Country. Yeah. I think maybe you were too. And two thousand and one. Oh, not two thousand and one. No, you we were, were at the we Star Tribune. I was mm-hmm. at Business Incentives, and um, but we were doing the nipple thing, and we were starting to kind of get a buzz about we should maybe we were interviewed a lot for the nipples, and yes, that's we when we were trying to figure out if we should have a TV show. Of course. Or, and then we got offered a radio show. Well, That's when it all best started. Thing, yeah. But I mean, we were obsessed. I was obsessed. And the soundtrack is still good. It's a fun movie if people need a reminder and just it, something to feel good. Bridget Jones Diary. I want to know why I You're can't. still not centered, Lori. It's ridiculous what you're trying to do. Lori's off camera. <laughs> She's over in the <laughs> other room. You're right. You're right. Flashing something in face. front of a camera that's just not there working. 
But it's not. Hold on. that pose. Hold that pose. I'm going to have to be Vanna. Oh. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to the Lori and Julia Book Club. We have another amazing book for you guys to read. This is uh, Mother May I is the name of it. And New York Times bestselling author Jocelyn Jackson is joining us for her latest book. Hello, Jocelyn. Long time no talk. Hi, it's so nice to talk to you guys again. I know. Yes, we've had you on. I think we had you on for Gods in Alabama Alabama. way back when. A little bit ago. A little (laughs) bit ago. And uh, you've written, is this your ninth or tenth novel now? Tenth novel. Tenth novel. Congratulations to you. That is so exciting. Okay, tell us about your latest book, Mother May I. We will just say that it is a page turner. Uh, We give it all the accolades. Highly recommend this book. Oh, thank you so much. It's about a woman named Brie Cabot, a wife and mom who looks away from her youngest for one second and he's gone and you know, usually when that happens, the kid's squirted under a bush to look at a bug and it's fine, Um, but this time it's not fine. Uh, She finds a note that says go home, don't call your husband, don't call the police, do exactly what I say and and she finds out very quickly the kidnapper is another mother. Um, and if you've read any of my books before, you know this is not a straight-up kidnap and ransom. In my books, the past has teeth, the past has a pulse, and the past is coming for Brie Cabot in this book. It, it is... is- so oh, it's heart pounding. Yeah, it is I mean, really seriously. a hard one to put down. I mean, I just kept finding. I read it. I finished it a couple of weeks ago, and it was nice out. And I just kept finding reasons to stop doing what I was going to do, so I could just sit keep down reading and read. it. Oh, thank you. I'm so I'm so glad you enjoyed it. Like when I I sat down, I wanted to write a book that you could pour yourself a drink and go out in the beautiful weather and put your feet up and have a great time. But you could also, if you wanted to, read it with your book club because there's plenty of stuff to talk about. There yeah, are there plenty were, of things. It, there, there really is. Was there anything that inspired this book or was this just a book you just had the idea and then you have such a great imagination you could just run away with it? Um, well, you know, every, every book seems to come from about a million places. It would be fair to say I, I don't want to give any spoilers away, yeah. but there's a an abandoned amusement park mm-hmm. that features in the book, and I, I get a lot of inspiration from art. I really like to go to little galleries and museums, and um, Abandoned America is a series of f- photographs, art photographs by Matthew Christopher that when I was looking at them, I thought, oh, I need to set scenes. And they're, you know, these abandoned amusement park photos are so creepy. That is creepy. We're just going to, uh, we're going to agree with you, Jocelyn. Yeah. If you're just joining us, we're with Jocelyn Jackson. The book is Mother May I. And um, I don't know that we've ever heard that from anybody, that they're inspired <laughs> writing based on art. You know, I don't know that we've ever heard that before. That's very different. I like to, um, I think it's even been amped up because of the pandemic, because (laughs) I like to get ideas from going places, talking to people, smelling different environments, and I haven't been doing a lot of that, so I've been even more dependent on just looking at images of interesting places and things. Sometimes you'll look at a painting and think, like, what is she thinking, and that will start a character in my head, or, or look at a place and think, like... 
this place creates this kind of mood in me, and art is the best way to do that. Yeah, that's so I, true. I think it's just... You know, um, one of the themes of your book, which I think, I mean, really, it resonates in many, many ways, you know, throughout this country and many things and, and how pe- people behave, but shame, you know, people's shame that they feel it's a it's a motivator it's sometimes it's a thing for not doing anything but talk to us about that yeah i think that we don't i don't know there's this weird thing we have in this country where the way you it's fine if everybody is in their nice clothes and it looks good externally and i that if as long as it looks good on the outside it doesn't matter what kind of horrible rot is happening behind and i think that's so backwards like if you actually want to be a good person the way to do that is to own up to the things that you've done wrong and try to make amends for that but we do, you know we don't we shove everything under and then the the things that happen to make sure all those things stay hidden get even worse and worse. So it's like a lie. It just, you know, Manifest. rolls down the hill and gets bigger and bigger and bigger until it's smashing whole worlds and other people. Well, I still think one of the strongest things that a, a mom might say to her kid that will really make you pause is, don't you have any shame or shame on you? You know, like if my mom ever said that to one of us kids, we would be like, it would stop us in our tracks because it would be about the worst thing she could say to you is accuse That's you of good that. good momming, though. I mean, yeah, <laughs> right. I, we, we always say like, I mean, I think in some ways shame is really good. Like we shame people for the wrong right. things. Like people should feel ashamed of their behavior, not mm-hmm. who they are, because you can change your behavior. Right. And everybody makes mistakes. Everybody does things that they look back and go, ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Some more than others, some larger mistakes than others. But mm-hmm. it's still always better, I think, to to just own up to it. For sure. You know, when this, you're talking about, I was reading one of another interview that you did, that you don't like so much the writing, you like the revising. That is the truth. I hate writing, but I love revising. And if you don't write, you don't get to revise. Well, so right. I have to write. <laughs> I'm thinking, would you ever think of being an editor? But you're such a good author. Why would you do that? And I want to, if you're just joining us, we're with Jocelyn Jackson. The book is Mother May I. It is Revenge Doesn't Wait for Permission is kind of the tagline. And boy, is this a chilling page turner thriller. Do you, you know, Jocelyn, I don't know if you remember, but you were like one of three and we've been on the air since 2002, and we've interviewed, I can't even tell you how many authors, authors that actually sat down and wrote us a thank you note. Oh, well, wasn't, that's, that's nice to hear that you remember that and that it mattered to you. It was a big deal, because <laughs> well, we were just starting out, it was God's in, um, God's in Alabama. Alabama. We were so excited, because we'd been fans, you know, anyway, we were just like thrilled that you were on our show, and then, and then it was made into a movie, you know, with Melanie Griffith, mm-hmm. and we watched that, and then, you, were, you know, it was just, anyway, we're excited to have you back, and really excited that for, for, for us, you know, a kind of a different book for you with more of that thriller edge. 
Yeah, I I think that I always used to, when I was writing more Southern fiction as opposed to thrillers, I mean, even in my Southern fiction, you know I always murdered people right, and right. bodies everywhere. Yeah. And I think as I've gotten older, my give-a-carer has broken a little bit, and uh-huh. I don't feel like I have to be so nice, and I can just move those thrilling elements right front and center instead of hiding them in tea parties and dinners. <laughs> It works. It works. It's interesting, too, because um, I finished this book the same weekend that uh, I watched Promising Young Woman. Oh, yeah. I loved it. It was so good, but so very much, you know, justice and revenge, you know, it was like that. It really made me stop and think about, you know, the understanding of you know, agency and consent and what is the difference between justice and revenge? Yeah, and also, like, just, you know, I, I, I'm not going to say that the, there's several, you know, I like to braid narratives, so there's three yes. different fronts going on, but one of them is definitely, like, a woman done wrong revenge story, and uh-huh. that is very satisfying to write. <laughs> I think any woman who came of age, you know, in the 80s, 90s, 2000s, or even now, my daughter says absolutely nothing's changed. There's something very satisfying about a good revenge narrative. That, you got that are, right. Are you still getting, like, is this book, you know, are people wanting to make it into a movie? Oh, yeah. We are, I can't talk about it right now, <laughs> but mm-hmm. things are happening that are very, very exciting. I'll say that. Does, does it involve Reese or Nicole Kidman? Um, no, but okay. it involves a different, I mean, I can't say, okay, you but can't say it the involves person. a name that you would know. I'll okay. say that. <laughs> I, I, you know what? It makes us so happy that, all right, I'm just going to assume it's a woman. It makes yes. us so happy that women are taking such charge in the acting world of their optioning, optioning mm-hmm. books. And there's so many brilliant books written out with strong female characters and that they're able to get them produced and made and directed. And there's just... And they're making money. Like the idea that people would not be interested in a story just because it's a a story about a woman. I think that's really finally being challenged. Yeah. There's this sort of weird hierarchy where everybody can identify with a, a story about a white guy but if you take a step away from that you lose so much audience it's like well but if it's a woman men aren't going to be interested and if it's a person of color white people aren't going to be interested like it has to be a white man to be an interesting story and i love that that's being challenged and that economically like we're seeing people will watch stories about Women. People who look like them <laughs> instead of just this one thing. Right. All right. So with, that is such exciting news. Mother May I is the book. Before we let you go, we got to ask you, what is the last great book that you read? Um, it's a book called Liberty. Have you heard of it? It's T-I-E, Liberty. It's by Caitlin uh, Greenidge. And it's a, sort of a, a sweeping historical book. Oh, no, like I, I already, I feel like I've seen the, I don't know, but I'm going to look it up again. But that feels no, no, familiar I for some reason. It's not, I, I, was just, I looked it up really quick, it's not, and I, I got the author wrong. That's not right. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it's Caitlin Greenidge. That's right, I said it right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it starts in Brooklyn, it goes to Haiti. Um, it, it is so good. Oh, Wonderful. Well, your book, Mother May I, is so great, and we love talking to you, and we hope people will buy the book at their local bookstore. We've got 
Two copies. Thank you for giving us two copies to give away to lucky readers. And thank you oh, so yay. much. Thank you. It was great yes. to talk to you, and we'll talk to you for your next book, we hope. I hope so, too. All right. Thanks, Jocelyn. Oh. Again, it's Mother May I, 651-641-1071. And we come back. Kelly Clarkson sang a song today that must have felt so satisfying to cover. That is a very chunky song by Mick Jagger with uh, uh, Dave Grohl of the Foo Fighters. And the lyrics are all about COVID masks, the vaccines. It is called Easy Sleazy. And uh, it is rocking. And the single is really great. And he did a big interview with, I think, uh, uh, Rolling Stone magazine. Yes. Just about everything that's going on. He, easy peasy. Easy peasy. He writes, I wanted to share this song I wrote about eventually coming out of lockdown with some much needed optimism. Thank you to Dave Grohl for jumping in on drums, bass, and guitar. It was a lot of fun working with you. Hope you all enjoy Easy Sleazy. So it's a very political, uh, you know, good. It's a good, good song with great lyrics and, um, you know, never take a chance, never take a chance. TikTok, stupid dance, took a samba class, landed on my ass, trying to write a tune. You better hook me up to Zoom. Oh, um, wow. See my Ponzi books, teach myself to cook way too much TVs, lobotomizing me. Think I've put on weight. I'll have another drink than the clean the kitchen sink. And then talking about escaping the prison walls of the back of the COVID. It's just, it's a good song. And I think if you listen to it, you'll like it more and more. I agree with you. And remember the last Rolling Stone single, which went to number one, was called Living in a Ghost Town. Do you remember that one, Marco? Living in I a don't Ghost Town. Yeah. So did they record this together or Make like it, separate, you know, Oh, well, they might have. They've probably both been vaccinated. I bet yeah. Mixon, wherever he is, they, they're able to do it. Yep. That's how people are making music. So anyway, he's getting antsy not being on the road with the Rolling Stones. Well, can and I tell you something? This is a new single for, for just Mick. Imagine these people who are used to being on the road mm-hmm. and when they're not on, you know, they're on 18-month tours is something we've learned during yeah, the yeah. lockdown. That's how the average amount of tour that people um, go on for the big stadium tours. Right. And then they come home for a couple of years or maybe a year. But the uh, people are used to, this is really this is taking a, a hit That's in their right. lifestyle, those per- performers, if you can imagine. I know. Now, uh, on, on Kelly Clarkson today, uh, she sang a cover of the Chicks, Gaslighter. And since Natalie Maines wrote that about her cheating dog husband. of an ex-husband, Adrian Pazdar, uh-huh. I have to believe that Kelly really felt good singing this song today. So let's see how, if she's feeling the words. Okay. Why do you think she put that line in? Honey, that's you, because that is not in the yeah. song, because I've listened to the song yeah. a million times. Because so, she's, she's made letting, it a little personal. She's letting her husband know that these lyrics fit for him, too. Yep. Oh, my gosh. That was a good catch, Jules. I yeah, it's catch not that. in the... I listened to that damn song a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, I listened to that song a lot, too. I liked that. That I, album's pretty good. That is what? a great album. The whole Gaslighter album. Um, and there's a lot of songs about cheating and being cheated and standing by your imagine, man but being dogged. Imagine the songs that Kelly's writing in lockdown. Oh. We just heard that as a Mick Jagger lockdown song, the right. Easy Sleazy. It's going to make for great music. It is. You know, I watched The Voice last night. So The Voice was on, Idol's on, and Idol had the Paula Abdul staging. Oh, I turned to it. Mm-hmm. Painful. 
It was fun to see Paula, <laughs> but it was painful. The look on your face is like you just smelled something really stinky. That show is so tired. tired. You know, tired. I can't even stand the music. And 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 I don't know that I appreciate Ryan running around trying to look or be cool and teenagery with his wavy new hair and his new sockless ways. I thought he he's not worn socks in years. I no, thought I know, he looked but, hams, handsome, oh, but it's just the show I do think is sorry. Because I so, so I watched um, and Katie in her pleather and and um you know Paula Abdul literally looked like uh she had a, a dog leash with a bow around her neck because she was adding a lot of things to try and cover up. I'm not quite sure what maybe how different she looks from when Idol was on? I don't know, but uh, here are the funny Idol <laughs> stories. So Katie wore a yellow plastic pleather dress and she blue. Said, it was oh, blue. It, it, it was, was blue. Oh, it was blue, electric blue or something. I've, why am I? Thinking I rented yellow? a Mustang. The color of that dress. I'm very partial to that crayon blue. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> it was a Mustang, and I drove she, it up the coast of California. She said, "If I fart, it's going to come out squishy yeah. because the dress was so sweaty." Yeah. And then Simon Cowell was in the news for something um, like Botox don'ts or something that he's got droopy eyelids. Did anyone he's see that? He's done so much Botox and filler, and he started at such a young age, it's given him kind of like this upside-down frown face. Right. The frowns he was trying so to take was, away. I'm thinking of all these old idol people, but then I turned to The Voice, and yeah. Kelly Clarkson is one of the um, the judges. But um, she had Kelsey Ballerini sit in for her because she couldn't make it to the live show. But she was coaching these two young women, and she was with um, Fonzie, or who did Despacito? Louis Fonzie. Fonzie, And just listening to her, they were doing an Amy Winehouse sing-off, listening to her do the Amy Winehouse just a cappella. A cappella. A cappella. She's so amazing. Kelsey. No, Kelly Clarkson, because oh, yes. Kelly did the coaching part oh, the of it, coach. and then it switched over um, to the evening thing, and Kelsey Ballerini sat in, but it was just, I Kelly Clarkson can do no wrong in my book. True, that's so true. That I is, don't, I really... She can and, sing almost anything. Almost, we've been playing her karaoke for like a year. But we've had yeah, her we've music like for 20 stinking. years. We've heard like maybe one song that I can remember that, that we, we didn't, just didn't really like. like. Otherwise, there was like, one. There was one, and yeah. we're just like, "Wow, that is the rare song that she didn't just." Yeah, make I do it remember her. that. It was just kind of like a pop song or something. Yeah, and it just didn't work for some reason. Yeah, yeah but she was putting but her, her fire. It's it's amazing. I don't. Yeah, it's such a talent. And then now we've got Christina in the news. Well, we have Christina. She gave an interview, talked to Health Magazine about being in the spotlight. It's kind of an interesting interview. The thing I really wanted to look at, though, from a music standpoint, was. Madonna buying the weekend's house in um, in Hidden Hills. Oh, so I guess she wants to be out in horse country because she's got her home in in Beverly Hills, but now she's out in Hidden Hills, Calabasas, horse country. Oh. We posted the photos and the Christina interview. Enjoy. <laughs>